Before this computer was owned by the uh, A.J. Arno Company, it used to be employed by the Space Research Center at the Pacific Institute of Technology. And they were kind enough to send us this magnetic tape, which will call forth from the computer solutions to a series of problems that would occur on a simulated flight to the planet Saturn. Hey everybody, welcome again to the IWMP podcast. Uh, my name is Matthew. I'm Ian. I'm his dad, he's my son, and I've made him watch another movie. We have another theme going on here. Yeah, this one's kind of an odd way to continue from our last episode. The well, our January theme was the the scary depths of winter, as we looked at both versions of The Thing, the second of which, of course, starring Kurt Russell. And then we went on to a different Kurt Russell movie. That's right. You know, we might have to give up our, our Bixby Boys uh, fan cast uh, badge, because oh. this is the second Kurt Russell movie in a row. Oh, I think I think we can like Kurt Russell and still be the Bixby Boys. I think so. Oh, come on. Although, yeah. if we can find anything... If we can pull play like Degrees of Kevin Bacon and find something where they have worked on the same project in some form, it would be amazing. That would be cool. And I'll have to look into that. I wonder if there was some some episode of The Magician or The Incredible Hulk with a uh, a Kurt Russell in it. There's got to be something out there, I'm hoping. But in the meantime, it's Kurt Russell again. It's Kurt Russell again, and this time in a very different scenario. And this well, is I don't know. It's Kurt Russell in a gritty story of crime and exploitation. <laughs> Is it really that different? I guess, I guess one, I guess a, a member of a group could be considered non-human amongst the humans in this one. Right. It's about a terrible transformation and the price that it exacts. Well, we got really deep on the computer wore tennis shoes there. I think deeper than even the people who worked on it did. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Oh my goodness. Yep. We are talking about the Disney film, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, starring Kurt Russell. Young, bright-eyed, clean-cut Kurt Russell. There are little bits in this movie where he will slide into the, the actor I know from other things, but it's very, very different than a lot of what I know him playing. This is a much, a much more exuberant kind of chipper Kurt Russell. So you're saying there's a little bit of Snake Bliskin in, uh, or, or or Mac from the Thing in uh, Dexter Riley. There is, but it's only when the when he gets like frustrated. When you hand Kurt Russell a be exasperated, you get a lot of what I'm used to him as. When you hand him have fun with your friends, I'm like, who is this man? So when Dexter Riley goes to Vietnam to fly a helicopter and starts drinking, then he becomes Mac from The Thing. Part of the Kurt Russell-verse. Oh, goodness, the Russell-verse. Yeah, everyone ever, thinks uh, Marvel is the first time Disney did incredible continuities, but apparently there's been a Kurt Russell continuity all this time. So The Computer War Tennis Shoes... Is a 1969 Disney film, which we got to see recently, thanks again to Disney Plus, that wonderful treasure trove. Oy. And this is one of those movies that I first saw on The Wonderful World of Disney, which was a Sunday night program. I forget whether it was on ABC or, or NBC when I was a kid. And it would show something Disney, either a set of cartoons or a nature documentary or a, a comedy or sometimes animation, and this is one of those that I saw in one of those Sunday night wonderful wonderful World of Disney presentations, and I thought it was terrific when I was a kid. I, I, oh, I'd not heard of this movie before you suggested it. This was not on my radar at all. And describing it as something you'd see just popping up on TV makes a lot more sense for me than it having been a feature release. And that opening kind of cemented that for me. And this being 1969, it was kind of the beginning of that heyday of Disney live action, low, relatively low budget comedies, which um, yeah, when, when Disney animation was not at its height, there were some, some good Disney animated 
features in the 70s, but that's before its real rebirth. There was a bunch of these. And, you know, this is not just one movie. This is part of the Medfield College Cinematic Universe. This is the thing that when I Googled it after we watched this movie made me lose my mind. There's two more of these things. Not only are there two more of these starring Kurt Russell, but Medfield College first appears almost a decade earlier in The Nutty Professor. Excuse me, not The Nutty Professor. That's a that's a Jerry Lewis movie. The Absent-Minded Professor. Wait a minute. Which introduced the concept of flubber. Wait a minute. That, the absent-minded professor was set at Medfield College. And as was the sequel, Son of Flubber, also at Medfield College. And Medfield College is revived in 1969 for the first of three, these three movies, being uh, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. And I like Wait. to think that it's not just the you know Oceanic Airlines of the Disney universe. They happen to have the banners, so they called it Medfield College again. I like to think that it is still the same diegetic setting. Oh, this is blowing my mind really early. Oh my goodness, Medfield College being this continuous through line. This is like an access on the, tw- on the, on the Tommy Westfall universe, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my goodness. Remember way back when, when we used to watch the ABC show, um, oh, what was it called? The Fairy Tale Show. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. And during that brief time when it was good. And they started adding worlds or realms from things other than Disney fairy tale animation. Like they started adding a you know, gothic monster movie type uh, you know, with Frankenstein and all that stuff. Why didn't they bring when, in Medfield? Once they opened, this is what I was talking about. I said, I want them to add the Medfield universe. I want to see the computer wore tennis shoes and Flubber. In Once Upon a Time. Oh, that yeah, would... Once they've opened the doors to Frankenstein, then why not have Medfield College in there? That would have been awesome. Oh, my goodness. It's a whole realm of Disney storytelling. And definitely, like, the Disney live-action era was its own beast in terms of shows and style and feel. It's kind of what turned into the uh, Disney Channel original movie uh, flavor. But yes, you're absolutely right. And in fact, some of these things then took on new lives with remakes and things of uh, as as Disney Channel original movies. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're right on target there. But this one definitely is like if you need to see what these sort of these sort of movies from this time was, I definitely suggest this one just off of that opening. It is way too chipper over that opening with that really wacky opening song. It has its it has its own theme song with lyrics and everything, and I was not prepared. The computer wore tennis shoes and a twinkle in his eye. Never met a groovier dude, an electric kind of guy. This is Disney's take on late sixties anti-establishment. Putting aside whether the movies are fun or not, it is the most white bread, the most clean cut, the most buttoned down hip kids against the establishment man kind of story you can imagine. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. In movie form. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you've got these 20-year-old college kids whose rebellion is that they're just too into the classes of this one kind of cool professor, and they're trying to help him get their computer for the, the school and things like that. That's their rebellion, is trying to help one professor versus the dean. Oh my god! Like it's uh, so the. I want to go back to the opening because it has some some graphical stuff, but it says the first scenes we get are them having hidden a radio in a potted plant to listen into a board meeting. Right, because that's what these kids are really, really involved in. Is what are the budgetary decisions about the college uh, that are being made by the dean? And the like, dean, of course, he's the, the out-of-touch establishment guy who just doesn't get the cool generation. And if that doesn't tell you so much about the, the style of activism in this movie, it, it's like we're going to spend all the time to sneak into a badly secured environment in order to plant a listening device because we really want to know what's happening like that. It felt like way more effort than I expected, and that immediately set a baseline of what these kids are doing. Also, it's not a very well hidden radio. No, it's it's a it's a big handheld, you know, nineteen sixty nine walkie talkie. 
barely concealed in a big potted plant with its antenna extended. I think they put a fake flower on top of the antenna. Oh, I think so, yeah. Oh my goodness. But the 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 point of contention to start out is the fact that the uh the college is not going to use the new funding they got uh on buying the computer for the science lab. They're going to use it to redo the pipes in the buildings. Right. Which, you know, if your pipes aren't working, you probably don't want to install a computer in the basement. Yeah, actually, this is a valid point. This actually turns into hubris later. Good. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It, they do. An, the entire thing is we're going to use this on water drainage instead of the electronics equipment. And the kids uh, use a combination of insider information and social manipulation to con game their, the school a computer instead of the funding. And just to establish the battle lines, we've got the dean who is out of touch, and he's running the school, but he's out of touch, and he's concerned about these budget issues and things. You've got Professor Quigley, who is kind of buttoned down, but he's the cool professor. He takes an interest in the kids and and vice versa. He's like their math-slash-science-slash-I-guess-anything-other-than-humanities professor, it seems to me. And then there's the gang of kids. And this is... Your, 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 your group of none of them are top students, but they all care, and they want to go to college and, and learn, but they also want to have fun. They're very generic as a group of, of these are the kids, and they've got a few kind of leaders among them, mainly uh, Kurt Russell as Dexter Riley, who is smart but underachieving, and he cares. We see him studying, but he's still not the cleverest person in the world. And yet he's really charming and quick socially, and his peers seem to look up up to him and see him as a leader. He's he's the sort of character who can immediate who can while listening in speak something back on the radio and get someone in the room to respond in agreement without realizing that the radio's there. Right, right. And that says something in terms of like personality type and just the 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 sheer force of presence that they're able to try to give this character. So he's the kind of guy, when you're watching this movie as a seven-year-old, you're thinking, oh, this is what it's like to be a cool, almost grown-up. I'm down with that. You get to be Kurt Russell. So they really want to help uh, Professor Quigley get this computer that, uh, that he wants, and it would cost $20,000. Oh, my goodness. And it would be the, you know, the size of a room, and it's an enormous thing that they need. This is a full-on tape-reeled giant computer. Oh, right. It's got, it's got tape drives and multiple banks of core memory and you know, switching consoles. I think, I don't know, remember if they showed a, uh, a punch card reader? I don't think they did. I know that they showed something that looked very much like two oscilloscopes t- strapped together into a, uh, a sound crew dolly. right but but they do eventually help him get the computer by going to one of the uh the school's donors they convince caesar romero to give him a computer right you know if your best bet is to go find the joker uh then uh then then you're probably in for trouble anyway (laughs) (laughs) he did play the joker in the 60s batman he did yeah it's like like hi i used to be your janitor can we can you give them a computer you know what? Sure. And it's like, that seemed easy. Right. Turns out it was for good reason. Yeah. Cesar Romero is the local legitimate businessman with many real estate and business interests. Of course, this means mobster. Uh, yeah. The, the, this man's business card is primarily paper and only a tiny bit of ink because he can't actually tell you what he does. Right. But he has a lot of money. He gives $20,000 to the school every year, uh, and, they, and he's got a computer, which is kind of amazing. He actually has a computer for his business. And I don't know if they know that he's looking to offload it, or they just think... The teacher was going to buy a computer and had gotten information from this businessman of how to purchase one. Oh, like that okay. was He was the connection. Oh, I see. And then it's a, we're going to convince you to, instead of just being the connection to get a computer, can you instead donate a computer instead of your money? And the answer was, sure. And then he said, I don't even have to spend the money. I can offload my old computer to them and get rid of the evidence of the fact that I'm using my computer to rig bets. Yeah, we find out that he, he's got this computer set up in the basement uh, below his office, and he's using it to 
manage his gambling parlors and who knows what other kind of illegal uh, operations he's got going on. And he tracks the finances, tracks the projections of how much he's expecting to make from all this on the computer. And for some reason, he decides, maybe he's upgrading, but he decides he doesn't need this computer. So this very computer, he donates to the school. In lieu of his usual $20,000 donation, which does not please the dean. Yeah, the dean is highly unhappy. He can't turn it down, but he is highly unhappy and goes around like, I'm watching all of you. But Professor Quigley does get his computer, and they take several days just filling his basement classroom with this, the, all the different components of this computer. They were not prepared for this computer, even if they bought one, because he literally has to set up the entire computer in the front of the classroom between the doors and the chairs. You literally have to walk through some of the, some of the actors almost turning sideways to get through, to get from where you enter the room to where you need to sit on a daily basis and then back out the same way. This is horrible in terms of both computer safety and fire code. And I was very, very distraught once I saw this all laid out. Right. They, 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 they might as well have shown you absolutely everything tapped into a single extension cord coming from a light bulb. Yes, it was, it was like, oh my goodness, you should not have been buying the computer even if you had the money. I'm with the dean. How did you do this? I'm rooting for the dean. Right. First, we need the $100,000 worth of electrical upgrades. Then we can buy the $20,000 computer. But Quigley does get his computer. And in the first class in which he's teaching them how computers work, he demonstrates the early version of Apple HomeKit. <laughs> yeah, he, he just he turns around on Arduino. Yeah, he's doing Arduino... Uh, automation systems with this giant machine yeah it's pretty impressive like it's got it's something about uh if okay. the rate if the rain gauge uh reads a certain amount oh, automatically that's... close the windows and then call the grocer with the pre-recorded message to order the groceries delivered and open the door to let the cat in yes so he's got these controllers that are set up to an automatic telephone with a recording and and the windows and the doors and all of this stuff. And you're right. I thought was thinking he was tapping into weather info, but you're right. He's tapping into an actual physical rain gauge that he had there. Which one, like, that is one thing. You mentioned the fact that one of the things to do was open the door to let the cat in. I am sorry. I don't care how much you can automate. Even now, you cannot try to computer predict your cat. Right. I mean, you'd have to program the computer to open the door, stare at the cat while the cat stares at you, close the door again. Listen for the scratching, open the door again while the cat stares at you. And and anyway, by this if if all of this is triggered by the fact that the rain gauge has already detected lots of rain, you're now it- <laughs> at the best case scenario, you're letting a wet cat into an empty house. This is the worst idea. Oh, you're letting a wet cat into a house and then sending an unsuspecting delivery man to bring things, including a gallon of milk, to that address. <laughs> this is not this is not a home uh, automation system. This is a highly convoluted way to murder a delivery man you've got a grudge against. Yes, this is an XKCD cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it doesn't work exactly as planned, but it shows that Quigley's enthusiastic and he's working with the computer and all this is cool. And something goes wrong while he's doing this and one of the logic controllers burns mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And he needs a replacement. Apparently he can afford the replacement, but it's at a place that's like 20 miles away at a, some electronics supplier. And so he sends Kurt Russell's character to go get it. Who who drives there and back in his kind of dune buggy-ish uh, uh, but street car. And uh, not very safely because he's got notes taped on all the windows while he's driving so he can study for the next day's big achievement test. Which, I mean... It, it's trying to be like, look at him. He's he's attempting to be you know, studious while also doing the thing, but he's also an idiot. It's like, I don't know how to feel about this. All we're showing is this, this is a person who does not think things through in a way. 
And I, I that it was just uncomfortable that scene for me. I was watching this and just feeling nervous. And he's doing this in a thunderstorm. Yeah. So he can barely see even at, at best. But he does make it. Somehow he survives. He gets back to the college with the component. It's late at night though, but he decides to go in and and install it and make sure everything is set for the professor in the morning. And so yeah, he walks in and he, he like there's the there is an open window because of the failed uh experiment that uh, didn't close the window properly. There is a giant thunderstorm outside and we see all of the cables which are practically plugged into one extension cord on the floor for all this expensive equipment. And he goes and just takes out the old one and slots the new board in and goes to plug two things in. If I remember. That's right. But because he's standing in a pool of water and he's soaking wet and he's grabbing two ends of the uh, the power cables that have been disconnected, he gets an enormous electric shock. And, and Kurt Russell's dead. It's a short movie. And it's about the, the dangers of technology. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. And <laughs> scene. But, I mean, we get lots of bleeps and bloops and all the tapes start firing up. And this is where I get to point out two of the other things, which is... Uh, Cesar Romero's character does not know proper data safety. He does not re- overwrite his own tapes or remove the tapes from his original projects before giving and donating his, his device. You, and you need to scrub any device to factory settings before donating it to anywhere. And the way Quigley describes it in class the day before, like anything that's ever been put into the computer, the computer memory banks will retain forever. Gosh, that would be nice. Oh my goodness. Don't you wish that was actually the case? That would be amazing. There's there is... so many, you know, term papers I would not have to rewrite from from halfway done if that had been the case. I I lost an entire hard drive of ripped sprite sheets that you can't get anymore, and I would love that for my artwork, but nope, it's gone. And I'm oh my goodness. Yep. But no, nope. But apparently in the Disney world, once it's in the computer, it's there forever. It, you might not know how to get to it, but it's in there. It's kind of like uh, the, some people's uh, um, model of memory and hypnosis. Yeah. Uh, once, once you've seen it, it's there forever and unchanging. You just have to know how to get it. Well, memory doesn't work that way, and neither do computers. I want to show that clip to the people who work at Pixar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're, they're, they, would, they would round on their Disney people immediately <laughs> saying, why are you telling them this? But, you know, computers in 1969, for most audiences, computers were, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's like magic in Dragon Slayer. Once you've established how things work, you can tell whatever story you want, because there's not many people who are going to uh, call you on the, the accuracy. Oh, now I'm just imagining, like, what if, like, I'm, I'm trying to now picture the Dragon Slayer as actually, like, Dragon Slayer 2 reveals it's all a simulation kind of crazy <laughs> meta. Dragon Slayer meets the 13th floor? Yeah, nice. that would be amazing. Just Kurt Russell shows up and you're inside my head. What? No. Um, but Kurt Russell doesn't. Do- oh, I'm sorry. There was another thing. There was another thing, out. which is the entire problem is the fact that this basement lab has pooling water on the floor because the rain is falling off of the roof into a corner of the building that then can fall through an open ventilation window. It's almost like this school has horrible pipe and water infrastructure across the entire building, which is resulting in dangers to employee and fa- to faculty and student safety. It's almost like someone could use $10,000 to fix that. <laughs> I'm with the dean again. How'd this keep happening? And in the meantime, you're not recommending their architecture school. No, no. no. Okay. Or at the very least, someone needs to get a contractor because that building must have shifted for it okay. to be pooling that badly. So we've established that the Dean is the hero. The Dean is the hero, and Kurt Russell is the unfortunate victim of everyone else's hubris. Right. Because he gets zapped hard, and and this is where the Disney happens. He doesn't die. Nope. Instead, he gets, like, programmed. Yeah, all the beeps and boops go into him. All of the information from the computer is somehow downloaded into his brain... And the processing power of the computer, the, the super fast data analysis capability of the computer becomes part of his brain. He becomes a living computer this, it, in, it, for a 1969 <laughs> Disney definition of computer. 
Which is really impressive because this means that they have that the computer itself has just figured out how to condense itself from a room sized object to what a cubic square, a, a cubic foot and a quarter, like yeah. head size. Right. It's like, what? This thing has literally done its own self optimization. So this is some weird combination of Johnny Mnemonic and the Matrix, and. Now I want to see a new version of this featuring Ted Theodore Logan from Bill and Ted as the computer wore tennis shoes. Oh, that'd be freaky. That'd be awesome. But he he just like the, the the worst part is actually is the fact that his response to getting a major electrical shock that like leaves him almost cartoon charred is to shake it off and go back to the dorms. <laughs> right. Now it's ridiculous. If if getting a shock while repairing a computer gave you the processing power of that computer, then I, for the last several decades, would have had in my mind the, all the processing power of a Commodore 64 computer, <laughs> which, now that I say that out loud, is probably about right. Oh, goodness. Wait, wait, can I, wait, can, can I, can I change RFID tags with my hands? <laughs> Ooh. You know, I could probably detect collisions among several different sprites simultaneously, just like a Commodore 64. Oh, we can work on Coincidence? This. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. Plenty of those electric <laughs> shocks while I was fixing its uh, output ports. Oh. But yeah, he, he gains everything. He's, he goes back to the dorm and is sleeping and is like, oh, like his mouth is hanging open and instead of snoring, he's beeping. She's like, this is like, because it doesn't just reprogram his brain. It's reprogramming like him to a speaker output right yeah apparently he's, he, he makes his vocal apparatus as well he makes tape deck noises when thinking what what how and he discovers the full implication of this when the next day he takes this achievement exam that he was trying not very successfully to study for the day before and he like completes it in five completes this completes this 90 minute test in five minutes and gets it all correct which I mean, that also does have some fun comedy in it because he's the, you get the I'm already done. What do I do now? And everything he does is way too loud. Right. He brought a sack lunch <laughs> and he's got like the crunchiest sandwich ever. I don't know what's on that sandwich, but like one bite is echoing in the empty in the classroom and it's distracting everyone. It's it's a pretty fun scene. It is. There's a lot of a fun silent comedy in that. He starts out. He's he's postponing actually starting the test because he knows he's going to do terrible on it. And then he finishes it and he's got all this other stuff to do because he feels weird handing it in already. It's a fun scene. Oh yeah. And I mean, they do some, they have, they've got some fun with, uh, with a uh, camera footage overall in this. Uh, some of the computer events are done with fun overlays. Right. Of little- computer things like running in the background, overlaid, uh, partial opacity into the screen. With someone thinking or working. Right. So you could composites over his eyes in a close up or and then they like later on when they're finding out what happened to this kid, they're taking X rays or fluoroscopes and you see computer circuitry in his head and you see various memory things in his head. Well the, uh, yeah. Uh, the best part of when they, they go in because right right after he wins this he, he succeeds in this test so well, they're like something's wrong. He explains that he got shocked and then uh they take him to the doctor. And the doctor looking into him and all, seeing all these computer things, I loved the fact that as he went on, you see little snapshots of what the computer had previously been used for because a roulette wheel shows up in that. There's also a line of dancing girls. Right. I guess these are for the uh, the illegal nightclubs that uh, Cesar Romero was running, but still. But still, it's the like, it's I'm wondering what this keeps playing out as because you just get this cutaway to that and then it's Kurt Russell shrugging. <laughs> And there's something completely like it feels like it feels like everyone else is reading his Twitter feed. <laughs> Just like what am I looking at? Shrug. And Russell continues to do a great job of being this kind of ingratiating, overly charming every guy kind of character. Yeah, he just does a terrific job. He in a lot of his other stuff, he gets to play the frustrated, overly, overly action everyman. This one, he gets to play this. This young, pure charisma stat every man in a way that works. So, what do you do when you find out that your 
you know, medium achieving student in a, a small college suddenly has enormous knowledge and uh, intellectual processing power, you figure out ways to exploit him. Hello. You put him on TV, first on a local TV show where he's being challenged by various academic experts to questions, and he knows all this stuff about geometry and history and math, and apparently this computer was used for everything. Although, not really, they also show that he now has this super speed reading and retention ability. So even things that the computer hadn't been programmed for, he can read through a library of books and retain and correlate everything in them. So he's getting smarter as thing as time goes on as he reads all this stuff so let's let's start making a little list in our head here as to what this computer has in terms of current operations and features because i want to compare this to some of the devices we run now and what i'm seeing right now is that it has uh it had numerical uh probability calculations from before we know it had that it's got ocr automatic character recognition because it can read text out of a book accurately it can. It immediately has database and uh, probably Boolean features for search and organization of said information once put into the library. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're starting out with. And we can go on from there as we see more things. But this is already a pretty impressive computer for the time. And even depending on how well it's doing for now on just those three. Right. And, and when, you, when you include that, that input capability of that OCR, the sky's the limit. Yeah. You can just, you know, hand him a book on something and he's an expert. He's, he's, it's, it's a superpower. That's how they run it. So he goes from being on this local TV show, being shown off as this brilliant curiosity and as good um, publicity for the, the, the college, which is good for Medfield College because it's rival state, the state college with all the money. I don't know what state it is, but it's the state college is the big, well-funded uh, nemesis. State, state, U.S. state. Right. They um, they want to uh, uh, either take over Medfield, and now they want to recruit um, Dexter to go to uh, to go to state next semester instead of going to this little Medfield college, and um, and 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 that tension goes through the rest of the movie. But meanwhile, Dexter is being suddenly he's being flown all over the country to appear on TV and to consult on rocket space launches and to he'll consult with like the world's famous the world's most brilliant diamond cutter to properly cut the world's largest and most valuable diamond geometric stress algorithm calculation uh rocket telemetry calculation add two to the list <laughs> um and yeah we we get to see him going around everywhere and we get to see him growing in uh abilities as he reads more things oh uh language translation because he he does stuff with the un that's right he can learn any language by reading a uh, i guess reading a dictionary on which it. how does that give him pronunciation um um i don't know he can really really well analyze any of the phonetic notation i guess that would work yeah um but you know you know what the phrase is you know power corrupts absolute power uh distances you from your small and very plucky friend group and emphasizes the most egotistical parts of your character personality. So he starts becoming more and more distant and more and more wrapped up in his big world. Right. And he's being pulled all these different directions and he's liking all the attention, liking all of the, um, the adulation. And not only does state want to take him away from Medfield college, but Cesar Romero, the, uh, the, the mobster wants to use this kid as well. And invites him to come with him to have a fancy dinner at the racetrack. And, of course, Dexter figures out all the long shots who are going to pay off enormous amounts of money, better than anybody ever has before. And this impresses um, uh, impresses Cesar Romero when he's offered uh, uh, a, a job. Yeah, that's one of the things. He's offered a job and he's offered uh, scholarships to schools and such, but he's doing all these things internationally and there's no talk of money involved anywhere else. There's all this local funds moving back and forth and these relatively small values of money being uh, talked about back and forth, but he's doing things that are way bigger than this. Yeah, you would think that this would be of great value to NASA if he is helping with Apollo launches and such. But no, no word about him getting any kind of consulting fees. Yeah, he, so it's like he's just doing this for free. This is a 
a, a publicity tour with no income? What what's going on? He's just that nice a guy. I guess so. It's just I just out of the goodness of my heart, I'll help you, you know, cut the diamond and stop international war. Yeah, and he's getting hugs from you know, beauty pageant winners, so maybe that's all he. Needs. That might be all. The, yeah, that might yeah. be all the. Pay. Which which does not please his sort of girlfriend Annie, who's back with the the group at Medfield. Yeah, that. Uh, oh my goodness. There, there's something so okay. Maybe it's just because I've been playing it, but there's something so Kingdom Hearts about this, you know, plucky group of friends trying to fight against <laughs> the man. That's just making me. I almost wanted to call her Kyrie for a moment, and that makes me think, oh goodness, are we ever going to get the computer war tennis shoes popping up in that? We should. If we missed the chance to have it in Once Upon a Time, we should have Medfield College show up in Kingdom Hearts Four. Please. Oh my goodness! Just like fly to yeah, fly to Medfield College, get a flubber keyblade. We've got a whole thing going on here. <laughs> that would be great. That could work. So he, um, in addition to having all these different offers from state and from uh, from Caesar Romero mobster, he also has coming up like the big college quiz bowl type series. Kept thinking they said Quiznos. I forget what it was exactly called, but it was a trivia slash academic knowledge contest pitting college against college, university against university. Oh, and it, the top- it's sponsored by a uh, what was it? A it was a it was an encyclopedia company, I think. Yes, it was sponsored by an encyclopedia company. So he's like there with the entire stack of the encyclopedias, like in, memorizing it all. Right, that's right. They show and they're he's timing him how fast he got through the through the S's and he got through the R. He got it through it even faster than he got through the R's, and so on. So he's reading the encyclopedia from which all these questions are being taken. And the 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 there are several rounds in this competition, all of them televised. And the top prize for the winning school at the end is a hundred thousand dollars which I guess for Medfield College in 1969 would have been an enormous amount of money. I mean, that would have been five computers. Wow. My goodness. And several new uh, new infrastructure improvements, I suppose. Yeah, they, they, they actually can fix the bigger problems if they get it. <laughs> but the, the problem is that they need multiple people on a team, and they have him and then his friend group, who isn't as sharp as he is. Right, they're just kind of there because they have to fill three seats. Yeah, and he's answering all the questions. Oh, and meanwhile, he was actually it spent a, spent a night in jail because he was while he was being wined and dined by Caesar Romero and his gang. They were at a one of the illegal nightclubs, and it was raided. And he and the guy who was kind of minding him for Romero uh, wind up in jail, but then he's bailed out, but only him because it's not the mob boss who bailed anybody out. It was all of his friends from school who bailed him out with their their last dollar. Hey, they were like a dollar twenty five short, and they just frustrated the cop enough that he pitched his own money in to get them out of his his station. That's right. Yeah, he put in put in the last couple of dollars. But that is what sort of brings him around to knowing who his real friends are. He's not going to go and 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 work for the questionable Caesar Romero operation. He's not going to transfer over to state. He's going to stay at Medfield, stay with his friends. And uh, be the guy he he was. Honestly, there's a lot of movies that could have taken that as the big ending twist, emphasizing the separation between him and his friends more, and uh, give him his superpower in any old form. And you'd have a storyline that is well known and works well of the of the, the your friends didn't abandon you even when you abandoned them. Understand that trust and relearn that kind of story. But that's just like the two-thirds mark or like the halfway point in the way this story runs. Yeah, that's kind of that second act ending as we get into that third act, which has him pursuing this uh, this TV contest for the sake of of uh, of winning for, for Medfield College. And then at one point, during one of the late rounds of the uh, of the contest, a word comes up in a question. Yeah, he's he's asked about Applejack. And we know that Applejack is a code word that was used in Cesar Romero's operation. So when this word Applejack comes up, 
He just starts not knowing what he's saying or that he's saying anything. He just starts reciting this information about these illegal gambling and uh, and nightclub operations. Com- complete with end of line beeps. Right. Yeah. Maybe this end of line. This is maybe this is really a um, uh, a tie in to Tron. Is Tron part of the Medfield College cinematic universe? Oh goodness. Where where did Flynn go to college? Do we- oh, oh my goodness, that would be an amazing thing. I want to <laughs> I want to see that bit. Oh my goodness, Tron 3, they can upload Tron into someone's head as like a way to escape and move around. Oh goodness. But he's spouting on live television all of this stuff. And it's it's not like it's he's saying Caesar Romero's character is a mobster and here are all the things he did. But it's enough coded information that the police who hear about it take note and Caesar Romero and his his buddies definitely take note because here's their secrets potentially being spilled out on live TV. So they grab the kid. Yeah, Cesar Romero, like in like we see the scene where he's watching this, and it goes from, "Well, we're gonna give that man a job." He starts spending it. Well, we're gonna kill him. Yeah, that that was a quick turn there. That was a quick turn, and that was a harsh turn. There was a lot more. See, that's the thing. Like back in the like nowadays, Disney villain gets to like we're gonna remove the the this obstacle, and there's a little bit more of just like Disney villain. Kid's going to die. Just like straight up in this. <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's a little harsher than I'm used to Disney going. Yeah, they take him to this out-of-the-way abandoned house somewhere in the, the countryside and uh, you know, feed him fried chicken while on the side they discuss of how they're going to they discuss how they're going to kill him and how they're going to dispose of the body. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's a uh, you're going to read these papers and you're going to tell us who's going to win the next races for like the next week. And then and if you don't do that, you don't get chicken. <laughs> right. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, like then they walk into the other room and says, okay, so we put, we put the body in a box and we put the box in the river. Right. It's like, what? Okay. That, the stakes just ra- were raised very dramatically here. In the words of Leroy Jenkins, at least I still got chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, though. But are his friends going to let this happen to him? Of course not. No, they're going to figure out a convoluted plan to be able to to break him out. I forget how they figure out where he is. Oh, no, I don't remember that either, but somehow they figure out where he's being held. Yeah, they 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 figure out where he's being held and they construct one of these these plans that only work via pluck. Oh, you mean they immediately notify the authorities and give them the location and the approximate number of bad guys and recommend that the police take action? No. Okay. They immediately. I don't know attain, what I was thinking. They immediately attain all the resources needed to build their own painting LLC. Do not incorporate it. Pretend to be that company and go to paint a house to figure out a way to break him out. <laughs> so they surround this house with scaffolding and ladders and paint buckets because you got to have paint buckets for a physical comedy at the end of a Disney movie. Exactly. You need bright colors that can be thrown at people. And they. Uh, uh, they interact with the mobsters a little bit by showing them the fake invoices, saying that this is all legit. Where we were hired to paint this house with a guy with a guy stationed next to the phone back at the college to answer as the painting company when they call. Right, but he only does that once. So the second time, when Caesar Romero gets there and he owns the house and he uh, knows nothing about this painting, he calls the same number and gets some joke answer. They proved earlier they have a computer. That can rec- that can play back audio, and there was talk that they were fixing the computer while the- some of it was inside their friend. Why didn't they use the computer? I don't know. Because a pre-recorded could have worked better. Can we blame the cat? We can blame the cat. All right. Yeah, that would have been much better. You know, please leave a message for the whatever paint company. Yeah. Or plucky teens painting. And so they, once Cesar Romero and his mobsters find out that the painters are really the other kids trying to help rescue Dexter, they put Dexter in a crate, in a, in a trunk, and the bad guys put Dexter in a trunk and try to get him out. Meanwhile, they try to roust the, the kids, and then the kids get inside and get, with Dexter still in the locked trunk get him out a window and they drop the trunk out the second floor yeah not very good for the dexter who's inside it and so dexter's dead end of the movie (laughs) 
Oh, everyone fails. No, no, no. He, he survives, but he's very, very shaken up. Yeah, they load him into the paint truck uh, so that they can have the... Uh, and meanwhile, they've disabled the um, uh, the bad guys' cars, so they can have a chase scene, but it's the kids in the paint truck and the bad guys in Dexter's car. Also, they were painting the house orange and green, like orange body, green trim. Like, ugh. But then, a lot of the chase scene, they throw red paint. I'm wondering where they were using red. In case they ran out of orange, I guess. I guess. Did they just bring green, red, and yellow paints and they were mixing the orange on site? Or maybe it's whatever was in the paint truck they stole. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they probably stole that paint <laughs> truck. Oh, but, goodness. There's another victim I didn't think about. Who's they, the paint owner? But they stole it from the establishment. Oh, yeah. They stole it from the man. That, that's why it's okay. That's right. Now, I don't know how many times they talk about the man. I don't know if they talk about the man, but they talk about the establishment. Yeah. At least in the trailer, two or three times, they talk about how it's the, the young generation versus the establishment. I mean, you're a Disney movie in 1969. You're not the cutting edge of social unrest here. While, while, the, young, while the youngsters uh, spy in on the, on the age gap, it's like, what are you doing, <laughs> yeah. announcer man? How, are you okay? Have you had too much to drink, announcer man? <laughs> Probably a safe bet. <laughs> so we get the the chase scene with the, the 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 old bad guys in the dune buggy and the young kids in the paint truck throwing paint to to help uh, um, deter their their pursuers. Yeah, they've, they're they're throwing buckets and barrels and they're using a paint sprayer to like knock guns out of people's hands. It's it's actually rather intense and involves almost one man being decapitated by an oncoming yellow car. <laughs> it's kind of wild. It is a pretty cool chase scene. I gotta a, give them a, that. A lot of modern chase scenes like to have enclosed tinted window sports cars skidding around a curve with professional drivers. And then this is just like open buggies swerving wildly with actors kind of visible in some of these shots and i'm like oh my goodness and it's really it's fairly well done because it is a combination it seemed to me of rear projection close-ups with the actors we know with scenery speeding by them and shots that were filmed on a highway with paint being thrown around and these cars skidding all over the place yeah that that was actually like way physical effects in this are more prominent than you'd expect it's like disney's war boys you know Witness me on Fury Road. <laughs> Look at me, shiny and beep, boop, beep. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's the thing, like half of them are throwing paint and fighting off the mobsters, and the other half are trying to pick the lock on the trunk. Right, because Dexter is still stuck inside, and I don't think there are any air holes in here. Yeah, he's like slowly like losing consciousness. He's right. now taken a concussion and is in an enclosed space. Yet they're not driving him to the police station. They're not driving him to the hospital. They're driving him to the TV station because, of course, this is the day of the finals of Medfield College versus State in this college uh, competition that could win one college $100,000. And the other two guys on the team are just not going to be able to do it. They need Dexter and his computer brain. So as this explains, you can fight the establishment all you like, unless it is the establishment you have decided to back, That's at which right. point you're willing to sacrifice your continued existence for the sake of the collective. Yep. The Borg wore tennis shoes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. So they get- Resistance is marketable. They get to the, I think the, the- competition had even started before they got him there with the other two guys and they were doing terribly they were doing terribly and they were they were stalling hard right but they do get him there he's able to join he is like he can't walk because he's been stuck in this crate this this trunk that's been dropped off buildings and bounced around inside the paint truck so he can't even straighten up and he's not exactly thinking that well it's like some of this ability has been knocked out of him and yet he still somehow manages to pull it through yeah his 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 whirring tape machine sounds are replaced with much more grindy noises very accurately as they do these bits it's a there's a little bit more uh error noises popping up yeah, alongside everything else we're getting some head crashes here as he tries to access his storage yeah but he he eventually pulls it through up to like the last question 
Of course, it has to come down to the wire. Of course. And this is where the movie falls apart for me. This is where? This is where the movie fell apart for me, because they call upon something that never happened. The best, like, one of the friends, he, like, he can't, he's there saying, like, I can't think of it. And he's excited. I can't think of it. And oh, he, you mean Dexter? Dexter is there, like, he, he loses, doesn't know the he, answer. He doesn't know the answer. And his friend realizes he knows the answer and finally speaks up and wins the day. But they make this point of it's that thing I'm always talking about. And I'm there saying, he never mentioned it all movie, did he? Oh, that was something that was cut, maybe? I think it's a cut scene they're making a callback to. But it feels out of nowhere. Huh. And I'm really confused. I've got to, I, I've got to rewatch the movie. Okay. To figure out if they ever mention this. <laughs> That's commitment. Because I'm I'm I swear they make a callback to a to a thing never else done, and the entire structure of it feels so stitched together now. This is where all those little seam lines between movie A with the my friend got ability and then loses his friend group and then only later realizes the friends he made along the way kind of thing is stitched into this sports movie save the school thing so disjointedly for me it came to light when there's nothing there's no a for the b to call to it just it it fell apart for me structurally at that point hmm they needed to uh to foreshadow that that final resolution a little bit better then yeah and in some ways the fact that the friend group does not have a lot of characterization as individuals would have been helped if each of them had their own specializations that are then all unfortunately eclipsed by dexter that then can appear at the end if you gave there is one question left in each category and each of them get to do this on foreshadowed specializations they'd had before instead of the one question from the thing I know that you know I know, but I never showed you I know, it would have worked better. Right. It's not as if there are any really brilliantly developed three-dimensional characters in this movie, but his group of friends, it functions very well for the tone of this movie, but none of them are very well developed. There is the funny guy, there's the nervous guy, there's the black guy, there's the girl and they're all just kind of placeholders, it seems to me, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and these people, these actors are doing well in their scenes. They yeah. could have been given a lot more to work on in those characters. They're all very charming performers. It works It works for the style of the movie. And yet you kind of wonder, couldn't there be a little bit more for any of these characters? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. The, the, the collisions and all of the trauma he's experienced has, in fact, removed the computer from Dexter. He's back to being good old charming Dexter without all the super knowledge. And at the last minute, the uh, the bad guys have apparently extricated themselves from the hay bale that they crashed into in the previous chase scene and show up at the TV station just at the last minute. And they were trying to escape when they crash into the, the police car that was yeah. on its way. Yeah, they show up at the police. They, they show up at the station. They pull guns. Uh, the the bookie tells them, put that away. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Right. And then in trying to, and then everyone sees the mobsters, hops back in the paint car, runs away, and they cl- crash into the police car in a very, very neat and tidy bow. And then in the end, essentially nothing has changed. You've still got Kurt Russell and his group of, of charming, well-intentioned friends, and you've still got the college, and you've got the dean who is fussing over... uh over-budget things while they listen in on their walkie-talkie, although the Dean's apparently now got an, an extra $100,000 to work with. Mm-hmm. And Quigley, Professor Quigley, is asking for something else that... I, f- I forget what it was. But And, of course, the Dean is fighting him on that. So it all everything goes back to the way it was. I'm sure you could map this out to some kind of hero's journey. You probably could. I mean, well, yeah, actually, you can, because he does come back with new knowledge. Because when Quigley is talking about getting a new thing... They're all for quickly getting it, but he's directly saying he won't deal with it now. Right. Because he doesn't want that to happen again. (laughs) And so he did learn something from the entire thing. But unfortunately, the thing he learned was stay away from science. 
<laughs> which seems like a bad message. Yeah. This is a, this is a bad message to teach. That's what our colleges should be teaching kids in 1969. Computers are evil. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see it's it's a fun movie. It's it's got a fairly straightforward conventional structure and um it's you know it's par for the course for for Disney of of that time and yet the the cast elevates it a bit mm-hmm. not just Kurt Russell but the rest of the cast oh yeah everyone plays well and everyone plays there i mean there is a lot of fun just in the back and forth between the dean and the uh the head of the state college and this like this rivalry that feels like it's been going on for centuries and in that way it works as a a successor to um son of flubber and the absent-minded professor oh are they do they pop in in there the you know the medfield college and state and just that whole tone mm-hmm. of you know the scrappy small college and the the big institutions that are taking over that's all part of it. How, how does Medfield mess up that they're still this small if they had the entire flubber events and now this to put them in the public eye? Yeah, they, they uh, apparently they didn't do too well from that uh, in-house technology development. Yeah, there's, there is, there is a different story that we'll have to talk about in our ending bits with Medfield here. <laughs> so I think we're getting to those ending bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual for a movie, our first question is screen or no screen. Are you recommending that people watch this, Ian, now that you've come to it for the first time? When this started up, I was not really into it. I loved, actually. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. That opening moment threw me. I loved the art aesthetic of this movie. It A lot of its computer graphics-y like, opening bits were actually done with papercraft to mimic uh, they were comp- papercraft stop motion to mimic computer uh, generation at the time, like these like straight line computer graphics, and it was really cool. And there's a lot of the the fun upbeat aesthetic I loved about the way the movie was done and the bits. I enjoyed each of the individual movies that was in this movie, but when you put on that horribly cheesy music and you put on the way that it was all stitched together, it was a little all over the place for me. So this is a screen, but this is a screen I'd suggest that if you're of the age to do so, sit down with a beverage, sit down with a drink, and watch this with some friends kind of screen. This is a this is a slightly riffable screen. Okay. For me. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, screen this, but it's not going to require all of your attention while you do so. You can be, you know, checking Twitter while you watch this, and you're not going to miss anything. But it's still, it's fun, it's charming. If if you're in that kind of mood, absolutely, go ahead and watch it. And it's another benefit of Disney Plus. It's there. You can watch it when you want. Mm-hmm. I and think they, we're, they, we're not being sponsored by Disney Plus. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that would be cool. But uh, I think we're going to be, we're going to wind up watching a lot of things from Disney Plus over the next uh, several months, at least. Probably. And I think they've got the other two movies on there. They've got one of them. I don't know if they have both. I don't know if they have my favorite which is actually the middle of the three. They, they, don't, they don't have Now You See Him, Now You Don't? I don't think so, but I remember seeing that on The Wonderful World of Disney, and, and I remember that as being one I, I liked especially. Oh, goodness. So I'm going to have to find that at some point. So we might, have, this might, we might be following the trilogy. We might, which raises our, because we know what's already happened, the complicated question of um, revive, reboot, or rest in peace. Revive. We've already had uh, we've had sequels to this. In some ways, you can see this as the middle of a five movie series, not counting the. Um, I think there might have been. Of course, there've been remakes of the Absent-Minded Professor and Flubber and things. But would you want to see a, another revival where everything here is canon, and or another reboot, and or None of the above, and let it rest in peace. Okay, first things, I'm going to have to at some point watch the 1995 reboot. And the reason I'm going to have to watch that reboot is purely because I saw a clip of it trying to look up more about this movie. And the fact that they're dealing with the early internet stuff going on. That sounds very Tron. 
It sounds very Tron, which I'm excited about, and it sounds like they figured out a way to raise this to 11 in a way I wasn't expecting. I've got to see how they mess with this if they're adding the entirety of the internet into what might be downloaded into him. Does yeah. he have wireless connection? We are going to have to have to watch that. That that might have to be a an out of bounds special for the IWMP. Yeah, that might that might that might pop up on the Patreon at some point. But the other thing is I'm going to say I want a revival. But I want a revival of another thing in the Medford verse. Yeah. And I kind of want it to be a a detective movie investigation story. I want I want our I want a pluck a, a group of plucky young students who pop up and try to figure out why Medford College has always been on the decline. It has per, it has lasted for years, for decades. And it's never gotten to the top. It'll have these big national, international things happen to it. And yet it's always failing. And I want this kind of the young detectives find the conspiracy. Oh, you think the dean is skimming money through his uh, his illicit um, pipe infrastructure I, and architecture company? I don't know what, but there's a question here that is driving me up the wall. And I want to have a story tell me why. And I could see that being a fun story for nowadays. And 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 it's just it's just making me real with ideas. Maybe the dean is evil. Maybe they could go full ninety degree crazy turn and add aliens. That there's something going on, and like Medford's a cover up for a bigger thing. G- give us something. And you can have you know aging Professor Dexter Riley who returned to Medfield College after he got his PhD. Yeah. Have Kurt Russell come back to the Medfield verse. Exactly. Have have Kurt Russell come back to the Medfield verse. Find an underground lab that has a single sample of flubber <laughs> still preserved that becomes a MacGuffin. You can put all of this together into a really fun story. And it gives Disney another one of these large overarching uh locations and storylines that they can play with and work on for new stuff because they love their integrated series with Star Wars and uh Marvel and all of that. They can work with that now if they want to take this bundle it and run with it with the story you're suggesting you could pull in which mountain you can pull in which mountain oh my goodness this is a whole like network we could build off of this so yeah i think we're we, we want to see um i don't know this sounds more like a revival than a reboot this might be more of a revival I, that's what i'm thinking yeah medfield college continuing into the 21st century the medford verse i want medford verse content <laughs> So we sounds like we do not want this to rest in peace. No, there's enough fun here, and it's the original is in sufficiently broad cartoon outline that it hasn't closed off any possibilities. All of these things seem like they could be plausible in this uh, in this setting, be it aliens or super science or whatever. So I'm with you. I want to see a revival. I'm going to see more stories about Medfield College. Mm-hmm. I. You you tell me that they're making a Medford College movie that ties all these in. They could even tie in uh, uh, Tomorrowland with the way that decided to take its optimistic science and technology aspect. They could they could pull all of this into yeah. a, into a group. I could see that working, and anything that would give us another shot at Tomorrowland because I thought that movie is underrated, imperfect but underrated. So that's I'm all for that. Oh yeah. So I, got, I, I, got, I got myself a Medford College shirt. I think so. that was, that's something that Disney should be selling. Why, or yeah. Uniqlo in, in Disney Springs should be selling that. Oh, they really should. Well, Medfield College uh, uh, team, team shirts. So I think we've answered our questions. I yeah, think we have. We would say, yeah, sure, watch this under the, with the right attitude. And, um, and by all means, we want to see more happening here. Biv mixology, uh, Biv mixology chemistry class and then a... A Medfield College movie would be excellent. And you watch this movie, you learn a lot about computers. Absolutely. They can cool. apparently fit inside a brain. And we'll have more about computers as well, because sometime around the time that we release this on the uh, the regular IWMP feed, 
there will be a special show on our Patreon feed for supporters about another movie that we saw recently about kids and computers. It doesn't really fit for the IWMP based on when it came out and when I watched it. So it's an out-of-bounds show. Hashtag hack the planet. We went to see Hackers, a special screening at the Alamo, which was a lot of fun. I, another reason I just love the Alamo, because it's, it's run by people who love movies. You, you know what? Uh, you, they are very much on a wavelength. It's, it's young, energetic people with an interest in computers dealing with large machinations using said devices outside of their control and their fight against it. That's right. It it's, actually does kind of tie together. It's the kids against the establishment. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about uh, hackers, that'll be available on the, the Patreon feed. Another movie uh, that we, we saw recently about kids and computers. But uh, we'll be back here on the main IWMP feed in a couple of weeks with uh, more tales of media from the 20th century. And in the meantime, Ian, where can people find you? You can find me on the computer inside your head at Twitter as Item Crafting, on YouTube as Item Crafting, and on Twitch as Item Crafting Live. And you can find me at MatthewFPorter.com, or you can find me on Twitter at ByMatthewPorter. And you can find the podcast at immproject.com, which will have links to our back episodes, links to our Patreon, links to our Discord, and uh, you will also find us on Twitter at immpcast. And we'd love to hear from you, either on the contact uh, page on the website or via Twitter or via Discord. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you used to watch uh, uh, ages ago and anything that you think uh, you'd like to hear about on the podcast. We thank you for your continued support and your sharing and spreading of the podcast to others. So in the meantime, go find something new to watch.